Love these peeps. They're amazing. So this week was fun. My kitties disabled my iPad. And do you know what happens when, the, when your iPad is like officially, like forever disabled, all the contents goes off into cyberspace somewhere? And so that's like five years of messages and all that stuff. But you know what? I'm like, uh, oh, well. You know, it's not like I preach yesterday's word anyway. I want to bring fresh bread to the people. And as it turns out, I'm friends with the God of Revelation. And if I'm quiet, he'll talk to me. If I just still myself for a moment, he'll talk to me because he loves silver water so much. He loves you so much. He wants to bring fresh revelation to sustain you and build you up in this place tonight. Amen? Amen. So I am thrilled to introduce this new series, Arms Wide Open, Kindness That Knows No Bounds. What a beautiful theme. And isn't that the essence of silver water right there? Truly, this place, the very heartbeat of this place is kindness. You know, the very first day Hearts and I walked into this place, we experienced abundant kindness, didn't we? Pastor Mick and Rhonda, they accepted us into their households like we're a part of the family. We felt this incredible love from them that's never faded day in, day out, year after year now. Eight and a half years we've sat alongside these guys in church. Eight and a half years they've, they've shown us kindness, abundant kindness, kindness of the cooking kind, kindness of the loving our children kind. In fact, Cleo sleeps now on Uncle Mick's shoulder. So it's just a, a typical moment, really. I love it. Don't you love the Sabbats? They're good people. They're good people. Arms wide open, kindness that knows no bounds. You know, it's my heart and prayer that this, as we walk towards our Christmas season, can you believe it's almost here? Like you go to the shops and already the baubles are up and the lights are up and you're like, really? Is it really that time already? It's like, wow, it jolts you into reality. But Christmas is coming and Christmas is a time where many, many, many people meet Christ for the first time. And I'm believing as we come into this Christmas season towards our Christmas services and our Christmas spectacular that many will receive Christ this time round. You know, we could grow familiar with our spectacular. I mean, how many years have we done it, Leon? Seven? Six? Ten? Really? Stop it. It's not that long. Look, lots of years we've been doing the Christmas spectacular. And if you're, caref if you're not careful, you can grow familiar with a wonderful and um, sacred thing. And the spectacular is a wonderful and a sacred thing because the community comes to our place for a night and they get blessed. It, it, there's, they're showing generosity. They, they're given um, things. They hear beautiful music. They eat the delicious food. Their kids are loved and poured out upon extravagantly. It's a sacred night. And it's my prayer that we wouldn't grow familiar with this Christmas season and the harvest that is coming this Christmas season. You know, there is a whole city to be saved, my friends. And I will not grow familiar in my expectation of what Jesus will do in this house this Christmas season. So I keep pushing back the parameters of what I believe God is going to do in this place. You know, it used to be, Lord, fill this auditorium. And, you know, I would like to see this auditorium filled and overflowing this Christmas, this Christmas spectacular. And, you know, it, it, now it's not just one room. There's also a Bankstown room. And this year is the first, come on, Bankstown represent, little MJ. I was at Bankstown this morning and MJ was in a superwoman outfit. And I think she should live and breathe in that thing because you are superwoman, MJ, truly. 
So we've got our Bankstown room and I'm believing that that room will also be filled to overflowing this Christmas time. And also this auditorium gets transformed into our C3 Cares um, big Christmas service. And again, I'm believing that it will be filled to overflowing, that many will know the kindness of Jesus this Christmas and in tasting of his kindness would know his salvation. Amen? Amen. So let's believe that many coming and having a full revelation of who he is. You know, acts of kindness are up there with miracles. Truly they are. I think many people come to know Jesus because the kindness that somebody shows them, probably even more so than the miracle that takes place before our eyes. Acts of kindness are so powerful. You know, acts of kindness don't tend to be profound, but they are profoundly impacting. You know, if you have a need a simple, humble, basic need, and somebody sees you and provides for that need, those moments can be like turning point moments in our life. They're so powerful. They're truly impacting, truly profound, even sometimes in their simplicity. You know, kindness many times is being present and available for people. You know, we live in this world where we're, we're going 100 miles an hour and um, we're at a risk of missing people. Uh, in, in the, you know, the drive, it's like under the Sydney rhythm, there is a drive and you feel compelled to move at a million miles an hour and always be doing something and always be going somewhere. And the risk of that is that in the midst of it, we'd stop seeing the one and that we wouldn't just slow down for a moment and notice and see what they're carrying, the burden that's on them, the concern that's in their heart, that we would miss them because everyone matters, truly they do. Everyone matters and he sees them all. And I pray that we too would have a sensitivity, a heavenly perspective that to those that are right in our midst. You know, we don't have to save the world. We don't even have to love the whole world. But if we could just show some kindness to these ones, then Jesus would be proud, I'm sure. Then we would be representing our Saviour well. Amen? Kindness sees the one. Everyone matters. You know, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. He showed us that everyone matters because uh, Jesus didn't get caught up in social hierarchy. In fact, he defied it. I love that about Jesus. He, he called the beggar and the prostitute and the tax collector to himself. And he defied any sense of hierarchy. So great was his love. It cut right through any of that stuff. So great was his love. He saw the heart and soul and need of the person. And I love the story where Jesus gets a hold of the children. Because again, you know, the disciples, they're trying to manage the kids. They're trying to, you know, deflect to all that kid energy uh -huh. and the chaos that comes with little people they were trying to deflect it but I love what it says in Mark 10 14 but when Jesus saw it he was indignant and pained he was pained it was not his intention that these little ones be removed from him everyone matters it doesn't matter if there's a multitude that one child matters it pained him because it was not his heart. He was not being represented appropriately. He was indignant and paid. And I love what he does here because when Jesus is indignant and pained, he gets audacious. I quite like that. And he, he allowed the children. He said, allow the children to come to me. And look at what he does in verse 16. And he took them, the children up one by one in his arms and fervently invoked a blessing didn't just pray a polite little token 
you know, move them on quickly now, pray. No, 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 no. He was audacious in his response. He took each one to himself and he fervently invoked a blessing upon each one. He like defied the tidiness. He defied the disciples. He showed them his heart. He showed them. He imparted that value into them. See, when we're corrected, it's a powerful moment because if we can receive the correction, quite often there's a powerful revelation for us to receive in that moment. And what he did with the, the disciples, he, he imparted his value for the one in that moment. He's like, slow down, boys. Slow down for a second. You're moving too quickly. Everyone matters. These little ones really matter to me. So I want you to see, you know, the fervency of my prayer, my intention towards them in this moment. So he called out a blessing, placing his hands upon them. Amen. And I know that just as Jesus took them one by one, he takes us one by one in this place tonight. He sees you one by one, your burdens, your cares, the wrestles in your heart. He sees you one by one. And I pray that we, his church, would represent him this Christmas season and that we too would see the ones as they come in through these doors, they would know true kindness, not polite kindness, true kindness in this place. Amen. You know, kindness is a fruit of the spirit and when we act in kindness, we represent Christ well. Amen. Uh, Mark 8.2 says, I, I have pity and sympathy for the people and my heart goes out to them. Now, the context of this scripture was the feeding of the multitude. So all the people had gathered for days, men, women, children, and Jesus had poured out ministry upon them. And in that moment, rather than send them away, again, he overruled pragmatism. You know, sometimes I feel like it's silver water. Um, you know, we are taking a loaf and a fish and we're trying to feed the multitudes. But it's amazing as we take the loaf and the fish and we call down a blessing from heaven, the multiplication that we see, the miracles we could tell you of God's provision in this place. Sometimes I think, Lord, are we stretching out too far? But what I find is when heaven's heart becomes your own, you see the one and you see the city and you just want to take the bread and the loaf and pray to dear God that it reaches the need, that it meets the need of the city. You know, and we've seen that in this place, incredible miracles, time and time again, because his heart and his provision far outweighs our own. But if we would partner with him, we would see magnificent things in this day and in this time, in this city, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I pray that our heart would go out to our community this Christmas season. Just as Jesus did, I have pity and sympathy for the people and my heart goes out to them. That's what it said. My heart goes out to them. I pray that our heart would be moved, just like Rhonda so beautifully said, that this Christmas season, our heart would go out to our community. We'd see them. We'd give to them. We'd partner with them this Christmas. I pray that they'd know love through silver water this Christmas. You know... If there's any one thing I think that gets in the way, because there's so much kindness and love in this place, is the stealth nature of timidity. But what I know is that when Christ's love 
like eclipses and overtakes your person, even the characteristics of shyness or timidity, even if they're inherited culturally or through the family, it's like they get put to the side and it's like a kingdom culture, a burden of heaven fills our hearts and motivates us to move well beyond even our human nature. To be honest, I'm probably more introvert than extrovert. I would actually be really happy, really, really happy right now to be sitting down here and listening to someone else and celebrating someone else up there. I would be, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like preaching them down. I'd be like, go for it. You're amazing up there. I would be so happy. I'm like, Jesus, why didn't you give me the seat down there? Why didn't I get to sit? Why do you put me up here, Jesus? I would truly, but this is what happens when heaven's heart eclipses and overtakes your own. Your human nature and all its vulnerabilities get put to the side and and he overtakes and moves through you and causes you to do much more than a, a mundane little life. He stretches you beyond the parameters of your expectation and he, he surpasses your wildest dreams, what he'll do through your life if you'll just yield it to him. Give it to him and let heaven take over and do something beautiful and generous with our lives in Jesus' name. I pray that our love for our community would trump our timidity this Christmas, that there would be an overwhelming sense of love that motivates and moves us and causes us to move beyond our little polite sphere of influence, but to lift up our eyes and see another and invite them into the house of God this Christmas season. You know, Romans 8.15 tells us this resurrection life you receive from God is not timid, it's adventurously expectant. And I'm believing for a little bit of that chutzpah, a little bit of that audacity to get on the inside of us this Christmas season, that we would not be timid in our expectation. I don't want to be polite in my expectation. I actually think I offend God if I'm polite in my expectation of him. I would rather believe that as Christ gets on the inside of us, there is an adventurous expectation of what he will do through our lives. That this Christmas season, I don't want to have safe, mild expectations about what he's going to do at our spectacular and our Christmas services and our gatherings through the end of the year. Because I know we're in five months of fruitfulness here at Silverwater. The Lord told me from August to December, we're in five months of fruitfulness. And so I have an expectation to see far more than my polite expectations, but rather a great response of heaven, a great move of salvation and restoration in this place. Who's with me? Come on. Because some things are meant to be accommodated and other things are meant to be fought for. And I think our expectation is something we need to defend. The expectation that God would do good things in our life. The expectation that God would move here this Christmas. The expectation that God sees me and loves me and knows my days in minute detail. The expectation that it wouldn't fall to sleep under the, you know, the, um, the perspective of the world. That it wouldn't be dulled down by this and that message coming at us. But rather as we're in Christ, we'll be very crystal clear about what God would have for us. And our expectation would be awakened as we come into the presence of God and hear from his spirit. And we would hear truth and walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him a round of applause one more time just so I can have a drink. Thank you so much for helping me there. (laughs) Amen. You know, Jesus saw the potential in people and he called them to himself. He was ever aware of people. He saw people. You know, Mark 2.14 
And as he was passing by, he saw Levi, son, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. As he was passing by, he saw this man. It wasn't an appointment. He hadn't booked it in two weeks ahead. No, as he was passing by, he saw this man, ultimately because he had a heavenly perspective. There was something awake on the inside of Jesus all the time. He was looking with adventurous expectation about what his father was going to do on that any given day. He was always switched on and, and awakened to what God would do in his day. He didn't walk asleep. He walked fully awake and, and with a heightened expectation to where his father would lead him that day. But it wasn't an appointment. It wasn't booked in. He was passing by on any given day. And as he was passing by, because he had eyes to see, he saw Levi and he called him to himself. You know, um, we're going to print out some invitations soon for the spectacular. And I'm believing as they sit in your handbag, on your desk at work, in the car, as you take the kids to school, that you'll have moments in your passing by where you see that one, that one just over there that you know just really needs a bit of fun this Christmas season, needs a bit of love this Christmas season, and you're just going to see them in your passing by, and that we wouldn't be timid in our invitation, but rather overcome by the love of Jesus to invite them into this place, invite them into our family this Christmas season, so that they can know the love and the peace and the joy that we know week in, week out, but it's not just for us it's so that this auditorium would be filled this Christmas in Jesus mighty name as he passed by he saw you know and we are commissioned to see people in just the same way we're set on a course and to invite them to the house of God let's not wait for perfect conditions you can't book in these amazing moments they just happened as you as you're aware as you're awake you'll see them and and follow through and watch God do amazing things Let's prepare a way. You know, Paul appeals to the church to get out of cliques and to open our arms, to exercise the power of hospitality and kindness. And in um, Philemon 1.6, it says, And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Our participation leads to the revelation of Jesus. It's as we get on board with his cause that one by one, by one, by one, will come into the full revelation of who he is. We are the invitation. We are the segue point. We are the bridge into the house of God. You know, they, your neighbor would think I was a crazy stalker lady if I came up and invited them to the Christmas Spectacular. Let's be honest. The reason you have license to invite them into the house of God is because you have rapport and you have respect with them because you're, good, you're a good, law-abiding, kind neighbor. And so they see you and they respect you. And then, right, apart from, I don't know, I don't know, I just... Just putting it out there. <laughs> Generally speaking. <laughs> but they're going to respond to the rapport and the trust that they have with you. But I, they would consider me a crazy person, let's be honest, if I just randomly arrived. You know, the invitations that don't work are the ones that are not connected to a person. You know, letterbox dropping is great. And every now and then, one, you know, golden ticket slips through and they come. 
But generally speaking, it's proven that the most powerful invitations are those through relationship. Relationship is the winning invitation. Dear friends, will we recognise that we have a sphere of influence, that there is a neighbour that would love to come this Christmas season into the house of God, that they would know our arms wide open, that they would know kindness that knows no bounds, because there is no place that produces kindness like the house of God. Truly, this place is amazing. This house has shown me great kindness. And, you know, kindness is always in fashion. Truly, just like honour never goes out of fashion, kindness is always in fashion. And I just wanted to thank a few people in this house that have shown great kindness to me in the many years of serving here at Silverwater. It's actually many years now. It's like coming up to a decade. We've been here a long time. Ron, we're growing up together. This is really nice. I'm so blessed. Um, so, you know, there's the Hall of Fame. That's fun. We all know the Hall of Fame. Well, I thought I would just have a little Hall of Kindness here tonight. Is that cool? Can we do that? So the, um, the first award I'd like to present tonight, <laughs> I feel like I need some special music, but it'll be okay, is the Mother to All Kindness Award. Now, she's not in our midst tonight, but Melissa, who sometimes plays the guitar here, um, she carpools with me. I know when I'm not preaching, I do really ordinary things like drive my kids to school. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, and she carpools with me and um, this week actually two of our kids had a temperature I think they had two or three days off each and um, and this particular day she was driving Sienna to school in the morning and Sienna was feeling car sick so I don't know if it was me I probably just would have said good luck sweetheart see you later have a good day and nudged her out of the car but um, <laughs> Melissa was really kind like a proper mum and she went <laughs> she went off to the shops she bought banana bread, which is Sienna's like favourite little snacky snack. And she went back. She had to go like to get into a, a private school, to get into any school these days. It's like, you know, you've got to sign forms and do lots of like security testing and everything. She went through all of that, found Sienna's class, negotiated with the teacher um, so that she could eat the banana bread immediately because she was filing, feeling car sick. And then sat her down, gave her a little snack and then went back on with her day. It wasn't even her child, it's my child. But, you know, to a mum, stuff like that really matters. I know it's very simple, humble act. Acts of kindness aren't profound, but they're profoundly impacting. It was a busy week. My kids have been unwell. And I appreciated that while I was working over here, God was showing kindness over there through another mum. Can we give a Melissa a round of applause here tonight? The next one, ready for it, is the Cleaning Angel Award. We all need one of those, don't we? <laughs> Rhonda Sabat, I don't know if you remember, but um, when I was pregnant with my third child, pregnancy with the third child is very different to the first pregnancy and the second pregnancy because you don't get to rest full stop. And you feel, still feel terrible, which is not fair. And I just remember lying on my lounge feeling terrible and the house disintegrating around me. And, it, and it, I couldn't go near the kitchen because of the onion smell. Like if there was a cut up exposed onion and I got a whiff of it, it was all over. It was terrible. Um, and so I just couldn't go near the kitchen and Rhonda came in. My, uh, my family all, all live interstate. They're angels. They're beautiful people. And I feel like in those seasons... God's provided other like family angels to come and show kindness. And Rhonda came in several times through that um, season and recovered my kitchen like, like only a Lebanese cleaning angel can. It's like next level cleaning. It's amazing. Like you could, you could eat off the floor. It's incredible. 
And I thank you, Rhonda, you're so kind. Uh, it meant the world to me at that time. Now, this is the really special one. Um, this is the, um, uh, the Beyond My Hardship, I See You Kindness Award. You know, um, you know, kindness is incredible anyway because somebody sees you and they go out of your way. But it's even more profound when somebody looks past their own hardship and in spite of it shows you and extends you kindness. And this week, um, Yvonne Fowler, who's a beautiful lady in this church, she prays amazingly, she moves mountains in prayer and she's currently working, walking through chemo treatment. And one day this week she um, came to my house, she brought homemade meatballs and Hayes chocolate, which is like the best chocolate, and she brought it in a little package. Um, her daughter drove her, and she dropped it off on the way to the hospital to undergo chemo treatment. <sighs> like, I, I just don't know that perspective. That's a higher perspective. That's a Jesus perspective, looking beyond personal hardship and somehow still finding a capacity to show kindness. Can we just honour Yvonne here tonight? awesome. Hey, um, I just want to um, make one last award tonight, and it's um, not to so much um, recognise the kindness that I've been showing locally, but to acknowledge actually some really um, powerful kindness which has been shown on the other side of the world right now. I don't know um, what you're looking at in social media or the news or whatever, <clears throat> but I've been really touched by the kindness shown uh, by some amazing um, organisations um, specifically the, um, the Syrian refugees and those um, coming through Greece right now. And um, I saw this beautiful story. I think kindness is most profound in the wake of persecution, right? And I just want to read you this beautiful little story. Last night at the border, I was able to give the gift of coffee to people on the Greek border. I made Greek coffee, Arabic style, and helped people feel human again. Several people had not had coffee in days. They were so excited to get some good and at times subpar coffee, Greek coffee. One man during a slow time made some coffee for he and his wife. He told me that he makes that type of coffee every day for his wife and father. It had been four days since they had coffee. He meticulously scooped the coffee, adjusted the burners and stirred the coffee. I was watching therapy in action. He then shared the final product with me and I was honoured to gather around coffee. Can we just honour all those showing kindness right now in the wake of something I haven't seen in my lifetime? It's awesome. Hey, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And it's my prayer that this Christmas season that people will feel kindness. You know, sometimes in its simplicity, sometimes just in acknowledgement, I see you. Sometimes in an act, sometimes the greatest kindness is an invitation to the house of God, that they would come into an atmosphere of faith, that hope would be restored in their life. We can't underestimate the power of walking through these doors and meeting Jesus. It literally transforms lives. Amen. Um, I love this scripture um, in Philemon 1, 17 to 18. It says, If then you consider me a partner and a comrade in fellowship, welcome and receive him as you would welcome and receive me. And if he has done you any wrong in any way or owes anything to you, charge that to my account. Whew, isn't that Christ's philosophy? Charge it to my account. 
Charge it to my account. Whatever you've done, I see it. Charge it to my account. Come to me. Come weary, come burdened, come broken, come messed up. Whoever you are, come and let me charge it to my account. That is Christ's philosophy. That's his heartbeat. And I pray this Christmas season that people would come in and feel and know that kindness that accepts them perfectly as they are. That kindness that says, charge it to my account. I see you. I receive you. Let me lead you into paths of life. Let me lead you into paths of freedom in this place in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, why don't you just close your eyes in a moment of prayer right across this room. And I want to extend that invitation in this place here tonight to have your life and the imperfect moments charged to his account, received to his account in this place here tonight. You know, there's one of two people sitting in this auditorium, those that are in Christ and you know when you're in Christ you're alive you feel you feel his peace even in storms you know he's with you you're absolutely clear without a shadow of a doubt that you're in Christ he's with you your partners for life and there are others in this room here tonight and I would ask you this question is there a relationship gap between you and Christ is there a relationship gap between you and Christ? Because in a heartbeat, in a moment, in a prayer, you can receive him back into your center as your Lord, as your Savior. And the gap closes in a heartbeat, in a moment, as you receive him, he receives you. And life changes. So I want you to consider in your heart right across this room, are you in Christ? Or is there a gap and do you want to fix it? Because it's very simple. We fix it by acknowledging it, praying a prayer that receives Jesus into our heart and life as our Lord, as our Saviour. As we receive Him, He receives us and He walks with us. A union, a, a relationship, an eternal relationship. So here tonight, consider in your heart, are you in Christ? Or would you like to pray a prayer with me? Maybe you've prayed a prayer before, but you feel like you've drifted off course. Life has got the better of you and you've moved out of that center, that, that place where you know you're, you're one with him. If you've drifted here tonight, I want to pray with you in this place. If you've never prayed a prayer that says, Jesus, I need you, help me here tonight. I want to pray with you too in this place. Or if you are just uncertain on any level. In a moment, you can be confident and sure as you utter a prayer, a declaration on earth that echoes into heaven and he will receive you. So right across this room, those that would like me to pray with them tonight to receive Jesus, lift your hand up right where you're seated. I'm going to see you and pray with you in this place tonight. Just lift your hand up to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, I need you. I've drifted. I've moved aside. I want to close that relationship gap. I want to be clear about my standing with you. I want right standing with you here. Then I want you to lift your hand up nice and high and I'll see you and pray with you here tonight to receive Jesus and he will receive you, charging all to your account, to his account. 
I see your hand. Who else is there here tonight? Who else is there in this place? He doesn't sit to judge his position to receive. He sees you. Even if you've lost focus of him, he sees you. And he wants to receive you here tonight. So if you're uncertain, just lift your hand and I'll see you and pray with you here tonight. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me clean. Lift my burdens. Help me follow you. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just stand in the peace and presence of God here tonight? love to pray with you. Would you be so brave just to come and stand with me? And if you're still wrestling in your heart, why don't you come out of your seat right now? And I'm just going to pray with you here tonight. A powerful prayer that corrects our relationship with Him, that we'd be secure in the knowledge that we're in Christ, that He's got us, He's got our back, He's with us, He's for us. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. Wash me set me free, set me on the course of life, help me follow you, fill me with your peace, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. What's your name? Elma, that's right. Thank you, Lord, that you just fill Elma right now with your peace. Thank you, Lord, you see her. Thank you, Lord, you receive her tonight and a prayer that comes out of a heart that's after you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She goes from strength to strength. She will not fail. She cannot fail with Christ inside her and alongside her and, and leading her, Lord, into a new day in Jesus' mighty name. Fill her, Lord, with your peace here tonight in Jesus' name. Hey, Elma, I've got a friend behind you. She's going to take a moment with you and pray with you. Why don't we congratulate Elma in this place tonight? So this is what I know, church. Um, you know, sometimes the biggest enemy to expectation is tiredness. And particularly on the home stretch of the year, sometimes tiredness creeps in from the left and the right. You're not even prepared for it. And you're hanging on like by a breath to get to the home stretch mark. But we need to be sustained right through this period. I know particularly corporately for Silverwater right now, as we come into this Christmas period, we've got five months of, um, of fruitfulness. We've got like we've got this last little bit left. You know, Jesus said from August to December is your five months of fruitfulness. So there's still a harvest to be taken. And, and, and there's an effort required in the harvest. There's prayer required in the harvest. There's energy required. There's generosity in quiet required in the harvest. So if you're just feeling like your perspective is a bit clouded by tiredness as we're on this home stretch, why don't you just lift your hands up nice and high right where you are. And I just believe there's going to be a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit in this room right now to fill every cup overflowing to lift the veil of tiredness from our perspective so that we'd see with clarity towards the future, so that we'd be able to uh, outwork heaven's heartbeat in our lives, so that we'd not be weighed down and in 
inhibited by tiredness, but rather set free on a course of life. Lord, I thank you for fire falling and filling every heart and life and consuming those things, those weights and burdens and distractions which we're not called to live through or under or in. I thank you that right now, Lord, you lift those things right across this room. You're lifting veils. You're unshackling those people, Lord, so that they're free to move and breathe and look and pursue and outwork your purposes in their life. Fill them with your fire, Lord, your consuming fire. Fill them with a fresh anointing, Lord, that will sustain them and carry them, Lord, right through to the end of the year, right on into January, right on into February, Lord. You never run dry. You're a cup. You're a river. You're a mighty force of life. So we just lean into you right here, right now. We lean into that great river of life. We lean into a spirit that does not grow tired or weary. And I thank you all. We're lifted up. We're lifted up by your spirit. We're lifted up and enabled, Lord, by your spirit in this place tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. a heavenly level expectation it's higher than we think it's bigger than we think it's wider than we think it's an expectation that pursues this city his love pursues this city it's not neat and tidy or polite it's far bigger and greater than we could ever think we get caught looking at our own world and with that kind of expectation but as we lift up our eyes to the heavens from whom our help comes everything shifts and changes i pray right now lord for an increase in expectation for every heart and life standing in this room tonight in jesus mighty name lift our expectation lord lift our expectation lord we look beyond human expectation no we're not partnering with humans we're partnering with heaven so we look to the heavens tonight we look to the heart of god in this place tonight lord we lean in right now for heavenly 
perspective. Lord, I pray that you would impart visions, that you would impart strategy in this room right now. You would impart heavenly visions and strategy in this place, that our hearts, as they're awakened to you, as they're open to you, they would see what you're doing in the earth. They would see what you're doing through our families and through the land. Lord, we will not be limited by human expectation. We cast it off in this place. We take a hold of heavenly expectation in this place. Oh, it's bigger, it's greater, it's wider, Lord. Lord, we lift our hearts. Why don't you lift your hands and your hearts right now? I just believe for a heavenly download in this place. He's going to show you things, keys for your businesses. In this place right now, a fresh perspective on relational dynamics right now. Jesus, speak to us, Lord. We're listening. We're seeing. We're perceiving. Speak to us in this place. Who tonight? We incline our ear to you, Lord. We're not limited by the perception of our own capacity. No, we're seeing how you see us, Lord. More than able, empowered by the Spirit of God. Lifted, empowered by the Spirit of God. Led by your Spirit. We're not small. We're not small. We see ourselves as David did, standing before Goliath. We are able. We've got the rock in our hand and we have the Spirit of God on our side. We are more than able. We are more than able in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise here tonight. Let's sing this one more time. again. I don't know about you, but I've had a perspective shift. I went into today thinking the next six weeks leading up to Christmas are going to be so busy. I feel so tired already. It's going to be so difficult, but now I have had a perspective shift. It's going to be six weeks of incredible opportunities, incredible blessings, six weeks of blessings, seven weeks of blessings for this church. It's an amazing time. What an incredible word. What an incredible God we serve. What a great night we've had. Church, don't forget your Christmas spectacular volunteer forms. I'm giving it a good push, a good plug, guys, so you can fill those out, pop them on the desk at the back there, and don't forget those gift cards as well for, uh, for people in our community. 
the uh, coffee machine is on. Why don't you hang around? Let's have some fun together out in the hub. Love to see you there. See you in Connect.